Hello everyone, I am Gabe Gottesman alongside Scott Pirak from 88.9 The Bridge. Today we are joined by star big man for the Mercer Island Islanders boys basketball team, David Pickles. David has had a stellar season so far, scoring in double digits in each of the Islanders' three wins to start them off 3-0 on the season. On Tuesday, David had 16 points in MI's 60-53 win over Newport. On Friday at 8.15, the Islanders face off against the Bellevue Wolverines in a rivalry battle between two unbeaten teams. Also, some exciting news. David recently announced he will be attending UC Santa Barbara next fall and will be a member of the Gauchos men's basketball team. David, first off, congratulations on UCSB. That's so exciting, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you, guys. So first off, we know that you're, you recently on Sunday just announced that you're going to be going to UCSB, but we want to know how committed you are already. All right, so we're going to ask you a few questions to prepare you for your future. Are you ready? This could be, this is your first step in deciding how your college career will go. Are you ready? Let's get into it. So first off, what is the name of the Gaucho's mascot? I've got multiple choice answers for you if needed. Are you going to need them? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go with the multiple choice right. for this first one. Is it Louise the Gaucho? Is it Gauchi the Gaucho? Gabrielle the Gaucho, which is a personal favorite of mine, or Olay the Gaucho? It's Olay the Gaucho. Correct. He needed the mental reminder, but he eventually got it. So there you go. Olay is the, the mascot of the team. So next up, what does gaucho mean in English? Not, ne not necessarily directly translated, but what is a gaucho? I mean, you can kind of tell probably by the logo, but what does a gaucho actually mean? Yeah, I think based off the logo, <clears throat> uh, I think it's a bandit of some sort. Is that, is that correct or along those yeah, it's lines? Like a, it's like a Argentinian cowboy brave horse rider that runs around and does things. So I'll give that one to you there. It's close, it, close enough. Yeah. It's like a intense cowboy is kind of how I would describe yeah. it. May have helped that we're celebrating with the virtual backgrounds, but well yeah. done. Um, yeah. Next one. So UCSB was in March Madness. They lost a tough matchup in the round of 64 to Creighton who won 63, 62. But can you name one of the two leading scorers for the Gauchas in that game? And I can give you a hint. One of those two leading scorers, which was a transfer from Oregon State. Yeah. Um, one of the two leading scorers, Ja'Cory McLaughlin, uh, transfer from Oregon State. Yesterday, he actually declared for the NBA draft, which is exciting news. Wow. Correct. Right on yeah. the dot there. The other one was Miles Norris. They both had 13. And that would have been a, a bracket buster. I think a lot of people had Creighton going pretty far. So that was definitely exciting. I think adding someone like David Pickles will, will be helpful for them next year. So, mm -hmm. Scott, you got the next one too, actually. This yeah, so one. before you break the record, who has the current <laughs> record for most points in a game at UCSP? There's two tied at 39. I can give you the choices if needed. Uh, my first guess is going to be Orlando Johnson. That's one of them. <laughs> There's no way I would have ever guessed that. Um, the second one, um, I, I can't remember his first, I his last name and his switched up, Nunn, N-U-N-N. Not none. I give you the options are Alex Harris, Alan Williams, and Raymond Tutt. Oh, it's Alan Williams. Correct. Hands so, down, I mean, yeah. What are you now? 3.5 out of four. So I'm pretty impressed. 
Raymond Tut actually has the most points per game in a season with 24. So those are all three great scores. I'm not so sure about Alex Harris. I think he had like the most free throws attempted in the game. That was just some other record that I took off for Alex mm-hmm. Harris. Finally, which famous musician beloved by a lot of people is an alumni of UCSB? Is it James Arthur? Jack Matthew? Johnson. Oh. <laughs> Jack Johnson lived in uh, San I was gonna, Nicholas I was going to have a nice end off with baby as the final <laughs> multiple choice. You didn't even let me get there. No, Jack Johnson. He's a gaucho legend. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. If there's one musician yeah. I want going to my school, I think it might be Jack Johnson. Yeah. Curious George, a lot of, a lot of great stuff. from Exactly. Him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now moving on into the current world right now in that last win against Newport that you guys had on Tuesday, you Tyler and Chris had 16, 17 and 13 points. Can you talk about that big three that you have and how you guys have been able to spread the scoring so evenly throughout the year? And then also at the same time, while you guys have all been in double figures pretty much every game, you've also had other players like Alex Aaron who seem to get up in the scoring total. How have you been able to spread out the offense so well and get everyone the the right number of touches with how much talent there is? Yeah. Um, So I think first and foremost, we run a a very – our offense, everyone touches the ball. Everyone's involved in the play. Um, you know, the big guys touch it multiple times per possession and the guards touch it even more than that. So I think that um, it's a very inclusive offense in that sense. The other thing is um, I know that Gavin and Shea, they really like to establish a presence in the paint um, early on. So a lot of times our first play or two uh, of the game is something that's going to the hoop. Um, we don't like to settle for jump shots right off the bat. Um, so, you know, whether that's a post up for me, a drive, um, whatever that might look like, we like to attack the rim. And then from there, just everything else falls in line. You know, after, after, um, you know, I get a post, post, uh, post up basket, you know, then the double team comes and I kick it out to Tyler for an open three. Right. Um, likewise, if, you know, we're running a transition break, um, and, you know, and you have myself and another person that are you know, really running, running to the rim and running to the paint. Um, a lot of times that'll suck the defense in and then it's an easy kick out for another three. So we've been able to, you know, establish, like you said, this big three of Tyler, uh, myself and Chris Clark, but then it's also given opportunities to, you know, individuals like Alex Aaron or Will Atkinson um, to get their open shots because the defense focus so, focuses so much on, you know, stopping the the, pen, the drives and the post touches. So it really frees it all, frees it all up. So obviously last game, you guys beat Newport, but at halftime, you guys were up by 13. And then in the final few minutes, it definitely, at least for me, got more tense. There's a point where you guys only held like a four point, four or five point lead. Can you kind of walk us through those final few minutes of your game against Newport? And then what I'm calling the dagger layup on the right side, if you know what I'm talking about, you have right <laughs> layup with like minute 20 left and that yeah. virtually closed out the game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think kind of like you touched on at halftime, we were up 13. Um, I would say, I mean, I might be a little bit wrong in my times, um, but for the majority of the third quarter, we were kind of bouncing it between, you know, eight to 14 points, um, kind of, you know, in a comfortable lead, but not, not, not really like pulling away. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, um, you know, we started taking bad shots. We'd start taking contested threes. Um, we were having to shoot with under five seconds to go on the shot clock, um, we were getting a lot of bad looks and it's, um, you know, on Wednesday and Thursday practice, our coaches really emphasized our shot selection. 
um, which is I think our poor shot selection in Tuesday's um, second half is really what let Newport back into the game. Um, and then, you know, obviously for the dagger layup, as you said, um, they were pressing and uh, it was a little cross court pass from the from about half court to myself. And I, I actually wanted to dunk that, but then I think their number 22 got, got uh, kind of up in my face. So I had to settle for a layup, but it was definitely a big momentum swing. Um, I don't, I was pretty fired up after I made that. And I kind of knew that the game was coming to a kind of conclusion when I made it. Last week, or yeah, last week in our interview, you told us that last year, that Bellevue game when everyone was there, it was a packed house. And then it, it was just an amazing experience when you guys won that game. That was maybe your favorite moment as an Islander so far. How was this Bellevue game this week different for you as a senior captain? Because now you've had in previous years being able to look up to players like Will Lee or Adam Parker or any of those guys. What is it like? right now for you being the player that other people are looking up to and saying, well, I know there's a lot of seniors on the team, but that being one of the captains to lead this team against Bellevue. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, obviously it's going to be a little bit different in the terms of, um, you know, a number of fans that are there. Um, I think there's a 200 person max or 300 person max. So it's going to be a lot, lot smaller of a crowd. Um, but, you know, I think that as, you know, as a senior leader, um, and, and just in basketball in general, there's a lot of things you can control and a lot of things you can't. And I think one of the things that you can control is how verbal you are as a team. Um, and I think that a lot of the energy starts with the people on the bench. Um, you know, on our current team, we have about six or seven guys. Uh, sorry, we actually have seven guys that are always on the bench. Five We have a 12-man roster. And the people, the seven that are on the bench to start the game, um, really, when they bring a lot of energy, the people on the court feed off of that. And if we can sustain that bench energy from, um, you know, tip off to the last 30 seconds of the game, I think we're going to be in a great position to win. Um, and then, you know, likewise, when, when people are coming off the bench, uh, you know, coming in with a lot of energy, a lot of pep in their step, I think that's going to be something huge, um, especially tomorrow night with, no, with not a lot of this whole season, for a matter of fact, with not a lot of people in the crowd. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be a special experience being, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's reality is sinking in that I have five games left as a Mercer Island basketball player. Um, you know, I, I remember my freshman year clear as day um, with individuals like Griffin Emanuels and Gio Cervantes Rocha and all those guys. Um, and, you know, the same time flies by and all that, and all that stuff, the cliche, things that you hear as a freshman, I uh, really do hold, hold to be true, um, especially down the stretch. And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility on myself and all the other seniors and people in this varsity roster for that matter, um, to, you know, perform and live up to the expectations of those that came before us. And, you know, it starts every day in practice and it carries over to the big games like tomorrow. And if we bring the energy from the start, I think we have a really good chance at winning. And you kind of at the beginning talked about the home crowd. What was it like having a home crowd for the first time in over a year? And in your opinion, did the fans kind of affect your play? Because calling it from the bird box, it definitely felt like there was more tension in the air. Yeah, I think that, you know, our first home game was actually the most spectators that we've had this season, um, even with away games. Uh, and it was, it was a lot of fun being able to play in front of, 
all sorts of individuals, whether that was my personal grandma that was able to go watch me in person, or it was one of my good school friends um, that was in the stands, you know, on a Tuesday night, that's a really special experience. Um, and, you know, I, it was a lot of fun and, and it definitely, there's a lot more energy. Uh, you know, you hear people calling your name, there's people chanting for you, there's people uh, yelling, screaming, all that stuff in the crowd. And it's, it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah. And next, so last board season, we learned from Derek Osman about the recruiting process kind of in football, but what was it like for you as a basketball player? And really up until this past Sunday, kind of what went through your head? Um, there was a lot of moving parts, obviously, uh, this year, especially with COVID, it's a very fluid recruiting season. Um, you know, there's news that the, the NCAA just, um, transfers if you're transferring. So for example, University of Washington transfers to Duke, he doesn't have to sit out a year. It's immediate um, eligibility. So in that sense, and then, you know, obviously everyone's granted another year of eligibility. So there's, and then there's obviously seniors in high school. So there's tons of moving parts. Um, you know, through this whole process, there was a lot of unknown. Um, you know, I kind of had a, a handful of schools that were, uh, that were in contact with me before the pandemic. And then you know, as the pandemic came and all these rules and different um, regulations came out, you know, some stopped, you know, being in touch with me, some, some different schools reached out, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a very long, confusing, <laughs> complicated situation, but I'm super grateful for the opportunity um, to go to UC Santa Barbara. Uh, I am not on a scholarship. I'm a, what's called a pun. Um, so, you know, you're on the roster, you're, you're a member of the team, but you just not under scholarship. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of going in there with the mentality that, you know, I have four years to prove myself. Um, you know, I have goals in mind. I want to become a scholarship. I want to become a starter by my senior year or sooner. Um, so I'm coming in there with the chip on my shoulder and really look forward to it. And, you know, just grateful for the opportunity. Finally, David, we, I think we've done around 20 of these interviews, whether it's for football players, basketball players, boys and girls even golfers and other sports. We've been asking a lot of questions to the athletes. Now we want an athlete to ask a question to us. So can you give us the most common stereotypical question that a college coach would ask? And then we're going to answer it. And then you're going to grade us as a recruiter based on how we answered it, just to kind of give you that sense of satisfaction, knowing that you're going to put us through that now, instead of you having to answer all the questions. Is that? Does yeah, that sound yeah. Good? I think I got one for you. All right. Um, I'll go first and then Scott will go and you'll have to decide who was better and who you would recruit. Who gets on yeah. the scholarship? That's the question. All righty. What's the single most valuable thing you're going to bring to my roster? You know, David, Mr. Pickles, I'm going to bring a, a sense of heart and, a, and a, an attitude of being the first one in the gym, the last one out of the gym, the the first one in the broadcast booth, the last one out. Every day, I'm going to be there for you. And I'm rambling on because I, I really don't know. Uh, that's probably a bad answer. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I'm going to work hard. And I know that whatever talent I have, I'm going to use every last ounce of it. And I also will bring you coffee if necessary to, uh, to assist your needs. Not too bad, not too bad. Here we go. I'm going to start with, you know, what I bring to the table is commitment, which is why I'm looking for a team that's committed to me because I'm going to 
fully invest my time into them to produce the best I can on the court. And I'm also going to bring a strong sense of leadership. I want to be one of those players that helps unite the team and unite the community of UCSB. And along with that, my talent. That's, that's what I got for you. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Pickles, I am the second coming of Alan Williams and Orlando Johnson in one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, both of, both of those answers were really good. Um, you know, I, I would definitely say, Scott, you're kind of playing more hard to get. You're like, I'm <laughs> oh, going to bring my hard talent. To get. <laughs> uh, kind of, you know, big shot attitude. Gabe, I think you're kind of a little bit more. Uh, I just want to go anywhere I can. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're more like, I need you, you don't need me. Um, right. You know, I think they're both both great answers. And I think that you guys both really hit the the concept of like putting the team, the organization and the school before before yourself. Uh, but I do like Scott's answer. I think no, that, I think that Scott really hit bias. It's recent. YouTube, YouTube has never failed me. I've I've seen so many random things. I think that's where I got the cockiness part is because yeah. I watch like all these five star recruits who don't have like fifteen offers. But anyway, yeah, that's wow. Awesome. So both 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 were great though. I I don't know. I the the few things I've watched, I I just gathered those together. But David, I'm sure you were probably better than at us because. Very exciting for you going to UC Santa Barbara uh, next fall. So we're very happy for you that. And also, we're very excited to watch you play on Friday against Bellevue, which starts at 8.15, and you can listen on 88.9 The Bridge. Once again, David, thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Scott.